pray? Father, we're trying to pray more and more. <coughs> we're trying to pray more and more in more ways, and we are, uh, have been praying over our pastor each week. And Father, we just ask you to um, lay over her the closing of prayer. Lay over her the, the veil of the purity and humility and the mantle, the cape, the coat of authority for this church and help us to respect that as we do. And Father, uh, your word says that it never goes out and returns void. And so we pray today over the words that she's chosen to speak that they would really, really go into that place of memory mm. and that would change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to follow along uh, with our scripture reading today, I invite you to grab a Bible and turn to Romans chapter 12. If you're using one of the green Bibles, which are here in the front and here in the and then and in the back as well, that's on the second set of page numbers. So in the New Testament, towards the back of the book on page 124. The Bible uses a number of different words to describe or to be translated as our one English word, love. So there's two, uh, two words in particular I want to talk to you about this morning before we turn to Romans 12. And I invite you to just listen to these instead of finding them because it might take a little while. So they're written on your worship folder inserts if you want to look back at them later. But the first is the Old Testament word of hesed. That we see not only throughout uh, the prophet's story in Hosea, but also in the prophet's story of Micah. And in particular in Micah 6 verse 8, which if you were a gem or are a gem or a Calvinet, you should know very well. Because that's our that was our theme and has always been the theme, I think, because it was a theme when I was a gem and Calvinet. But Micah 6 verse 8, um, this is what we, this is what God says. He has told you, God has told you, or, O mortal, O human being, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So to love kindness is the word hesed. And in the Old Testament, the word hesed is usually more often than not used to describe God's long-suffering patience with his people who have been rebellious, who have been disrespectful, who have been sinful. And God shows long-suffering patience. And in Hosea, it's really interesting because that topic, that idea of God showing hesed to his people turns into God saying, now show hesed to me. Return my hesed. Return my love to me. And so we come to understand that when we receive this long-suffering kindness from God, we return it to God. And we do that through the ways in which we love one another. Okay? So just hold on to that little idea for a second. And listen to Jesus as he speaks to his disciples in John 13. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. 
Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, the term used there is agape, meaning that love that goes out without any thought as to what will be returned to it. It is the agape love of God, very much like that loving kindness, that hesed of God, that goes out without any thought or any requirements of receiving anything back. That is the love that we read about in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever should believe should not perish but have eternal life. God gives that love, and then there's this idea of like it not being returned. It's whoever should believe. Whoever should believe. See how that works? Like God doesn't even expect it to be returned. But he gives it. And then, following on this idea of returning it to God, we understand that the Ten Commandments, the law of God, shows us what we should do as we live together. So agape love is also the love that's in the great commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And to love your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor with agape love. The love that goes out and does not respect, expect anything in return. To respond in all manner of things with love. That is the picture of one who follows what they have been taught by Jesus. So having those two things in mind, let's turn together then to Romans 12 beginning at verse 9. And it starts with agape love. Let agape love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another. And this is a different word. This is from the word phylos. So we'll get to that next week. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, which is another word for proud but associate with the lowly. And that could also be translated as be willing to do humble tasks. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all, if it is possible. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Jesus said that. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. 
So I was reading this week uh, from the church father, Dorotheus of Gaza. I thought for, I thought for a second it was going to be a church mother because of that name, but, you know, disappointment's okay sometimes. Uh, and he helped me to understand how this responding to the world with agape love looks and works. And so I would like to share that learning with you. But to do so, I need some volunteers. And I promise I'm not going to do anything to you, but maybe move you or make you take some steps and that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm also not going to ask you to say much. I might ask one question of you, but it's not about the Bible or anything like that. I promise. So I need like five volunteers. Okay, I got one, two, three, four. I need one more. I need one more. Five. You want to be it, Eric? Okay, do you need to, we're going to have you, Eric. Are you ready for this? You're going to be Jesus. (laughs) So you're going to sit on this stool right here, okay? And we're going to actually move it back just a little bit so you're not at the edge. Okay. All right. So Jesus is at the center of a circle. So now you guys are going to make a big circle as much as you can here, about equidistance. And if you have to be on the steps, it'll be okay. We'll just move you down. And we're going to be far away a little bit from... There we go. Okay. So I'll be... I guess... No, it won't work. I need one more person to finish our circle. Come on up, Robin. Okay. Everybody comfortable? Okay. So you're going to be like right here. All right. So we're all about equal distance away. So Dorothea says that Jesus or God is at the center. Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is at the center. And all of humanity we can picture as being on the edge of a circle. Okay. So now I want everyone. Now you aren't really close to each other, right? Like I know it doesn't work when you start thinking about billions of people, but you get the idea, okay? So when everybody's on the circle, we're, we're a little far away from each other. Now, I want each of you to do an act of devotion in the sense of, like, growing closer to God. So whether you pray or you read the Bible, and when you do that, you take a step towards God, right? So go ahead and everybody take a step towards God, and we're going to picture all of you doing something that brings you closer to God, okay? Now, notice what happens when they get closer to God. They get closer to each other. See what happens when we love God? It becomes easier to love one another. Because we're in closer proximity to one another. We see each other in a different way. In in one sense because we're closer, but also in another sense because we are looking differently because we've grown closer to God. Now I want everybody to take a step back again to our starting points. Okay, now Rick, I'm going to have you be the person who doesn't know God at all. So you're going to turn all the way away from God. This is not a judgment on how they actually are in real life, I promise. Okay, Um, uh, Lindsay, because you're on level ground, I'm going to have you be somebody who's like, who's a little bit turned. Like, so you're thinking about God, but you're like, "Eh, I don't really know. Uh, Karen, you're going to continue to be somebody devoted as well as Robin and Bill. Okay. Now, when we understand agape love, we understand, so this is our love, act of love. Eric, you hold on to that end of the string, okay? When we understand agape love, we understand that it comes from God to us. 
And the best thing to do with agape love is to do what? To, to share it, to give it. So actually, we're going to put this behind you like this because it's going to go through you. To someone like Rick, for instance. Okay? Now, what are you laughing at? The idea that you might be loved? All right. So now somebody who doesn't know God, who's never experienced, perhaps they were, uh, they've been treated badly their whole life. They've never really known somebody who just values them for being them. Right? Who doesn't expect the good that's done to them to be returned in any way whatsoever. That is startling. So go ahead and like do some like, ooh. Yeah, right? Like it's startling. Have you ever gotten, have you ever received love and been startled by it? Right? When you don't, when it, when it feels so genuine, right? So that love, when it's done in that way, goes to someone and back to God. Because when we love with agape love, we don't love for this person. We're loving to return the love to God. That's what we're doing. Now, Eric, can you hold both pieces there? Okay. Now, what happens when that happens? Pulls you in a little bit. And look, he gets turned around a little bit. See how this works? That's the hope of agape love, that we do it to honor God. And God just might use it to turn someone towards him again. God just might use it to bless someone in a way that doesn't do anything for us but draw us closer to God. Because we can't have one posture towards God and have a different posture towards our neighbor. Now what happens... Okay, thanks, Eric. What happens, Bill, you're really here to just make the circle. I hope you're okay with that. I might not use you is what I'm saying. So what happens, (laughs) what happens if the love starts from you, doesn't start from God, you don't see it as you sharing God's gift, but you see it as you just doing an act of love for someone else. Does that, does Lindsay get any closer to God? No. She only gets closer to Karen because maybe Karen wants Lindsay to do the dishes when they get home tonight. And so Karen's going to do something nice for Lindsay so that Lindsay might return the favor. This is not agape love, right? It doesn't draw either one closer to God, nor does it really do much besides move one another. Now, Bill, I'll give you a choice. You can be a negative example or you can be no example. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Okay. So much of what we read in this Romans passage has to do with not doing a very negative thing. Okay, so here's here's our Christ in the center. So Bill is a little upset about something that Rick has done. Rick has hurt Bill in some way. And Bill wants to take revenge. He wants to hurt Rick as well. So Bill moves away from God. And what does he what is what do you want to do to Rick? <laughs> 
And through that force, pushes Rick and himself further away from God. Okay, you can stop now. But do you get the idea, right? When we seek revenge, we push people further away from God. And we push ourselves, because of the force of the motion, further away from God. We do not show the love of God, which goes out and does not expect. Now, what if, what's the alternative? So here's, here's Rick. Now, really, this is a better position to show two people who are in conflict with one another. Because usually when we hurt someone, it's because we're far, we're far away from God in an area in our life, right? And we're, we're acting out. Now, what if Bill, instead, see, you're going to turn out positive after all. So instead of seeking revenge, we're to extend a hand of forgiveness or to extend a hand of help to Rick. What would happen then? See, so now Rick turns a little bit and he's forced, if he accepts it, to come closer. Ah, nice. Okay, so that's our visual lesson. Thank you, everyone. And this can look in any number of ways, right? Like when we think of things that are in the news today, what does it mean for us to to be people who respond to a crisis, a refugee crisis with love? It could be, to sponsor it could be to really just help those camps be more livable right it could be that we uh, seek to uh, change the process of our elected officials and advocate it could be that we commit to praying it could be that we seek for the families that are here from those places we seek to be part of their restoration and rehabilitation by god and their healing from that time see so there's never just one option of how that love will be shown there's many different ways that we can show that love of god but the thing is is it's really hard to do when we have been hurt right because look at how much this passage in romans talks about returning vengeance and Looks at, looks at this idea of forgiving and not cursing, but blessing. What does it mean to bless someone that I have a moral difference with? So often we find uh, it easier to say, no, we're not going to help someone because we've judged their morality. And we get that order wrong. Agape love goes out before the judgment does. In fact, the only one who judges is God. And in fact, the word of judgment that we have heard is that we are sinners who were apart and separated from God. We were people who had our backs turned to God and his agape love came to us and turned us around. And we share that message with others. That our worth and our value, that our joy and our character comes not from anything that we do, but comes when we know and experience that agape love coming from Jesus and to us as ones in whom Christ dwells. And that we can share that love in the hope that as people come to know God more, as they have less of the physical needs on their mind, 
as we meet those needs with love, as we clothe those who have no clothes, as we feed those who are hungry, as we give something to drink to those who are thirsty, as we respond to them with agape love and meeting those needs, and they are drawn closer to God, there might just come a time when we are in close fellowship with one another, when we have the phylos love that we're going to talk about next week, that we can maybe talk to them about that moral choices stuff. That we can maybe show them the way in which God has freed them from that and has invited them into something new and different. But the love of God goes first. And the realization that on the cross, Jesus paid for not only my sins, but for the sins of those who have hurt me reminds me that sometimes I get myself turned around and I've chosen to love in order to get. And I have not chosen to return the agape love of God back to him by loving my neighbor. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, even in our deepest points of hurt, you offer to us a life-giving way. You offer to us the way of repentance. You offer to us the way of forgiveness. You offer to us the way of restoration and healing, not only for ourselves, but for those who have sinned against us. Lord Jesus, you offer to us the ability to tap into a love that has no end. You, Jesus, when you came to this earth, came to feed the hungry souls looking to be filled. You, Jesus, when you came to this earth, came to quench the thirst and the need that we had for a Savior. And you, Jesus, when you came to earth, when you died on the cross and when you rose from the again, from the dead and ascended into heaven, you clothed our nakedness with your righteousness. And so we learn from you what it means to, to care and to give that love freely without worry. Because when we give your love out to the world, it doesn't return to you empty. But when we seek to give our love to the world, we will be so unsatisfied because it will not be returned It will be rejected. It will be scoffed at and laughed at. And so, God, we pray for your protection on our hearts and our souls. For those of us who are weary from trying to love and being rejected. From those of us who are too afraid to love and find it easier to judge. For those of us who still don't know what it means to receive that love from you. We are a diverse community gathered here And we know, Holy Spirit, that we need your work in us and through us. And God, we think of so many things that we want to pray about, but we think specifically now of a prayer request that came this morning from Henny for her sister Greta. We pray that she will know this deep love as she faces another kind of cancer. We pray that she will find that your love has given her the strength to carry through these days ahead. And we pray for your will to be done. 
We pray for those who are going to care for her and love her, who will show us what giving agape love looks like because it will be a love given to someone who is not physically able to return it. And in that way, we'll live out the way that you have loved this world, God. So we pray for Henny, and we pray for all of her family as they seek to be salt in a trying time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So next week we're going to continue to talk about this idea of what it means when you love close together. But there's this idea I want you to think about over the course of the week, especially when it comes to how we love. So um, I I don't know how to say his name because I don't speak French. But if you're going to pronounce it incorrectly, you say Francis de Sales, S-A-L-E-S. But he describes love and acts of both great virtue when we do great acts of love for someone else as well as the small acts of being faithful and having fidelity for those closest to you as sugar and as salt. And the the sweetness of doing something big and beautiful and grand and being part of a movement can be like the sweetness and show itself as a virtuous kind of act. But we as Christians are called to be the salt of the earth. We are called to have this fidelity and this showing of love be the preserving act. The everyday, ordinary, salt is everywhere in all the recipes kind of thing. Where we show and give this love continuously away. And by that, God preserves the world.
Uh, if you would like to spend time in prayer after the service, there will be people here at the front who will be doing, who will be willing to do that with you. And as we depart from one another and as you go out to be agents of God's reconciliation and love, the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you. Amen.